Well, hey, youth, welcome to Youth After Dark. My name is Nick, joined here with my wife, Brooke, and we are with the legendary, the one and only, Pastor Brian. Whoa. Legendary. <laughs> Let's what just a, be honest. What an we, intro. we did this once already. Yeah, we did. It didn't work. I just feel like yeah. I needed to show you a little bit more honor this time around. I was getting too over-familiar in the first one. But we just wrapped up uh, our Easter celebration at Youth. It was yeah. amazing. We were talking about the tribal war. I liked it. Uh, it wasn't great. You know. <laughs> it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't our best. We're being a little more honest this time around. Yeah, it was okay. And then That's like an Nick obstacle elbowed course. you in the face. And and I, it was yeah. incredible. Accidentally elbow checked her. Trying to get a little flexible in the jacket. That's all me. Yeah, I, peeps. I yeah. shared the fact that New Jerseyans um, buy more peeps than any other state. And then Nick used to say something that is just fantastic. Yeah. It, it's uh, pretty profound. It's that <laughs> the devil eats peeps, but Jesus loves you heaps. There it is. So take with that what you will. Tweet it. Send it Tweet out. Tweet it. Like, just eat marshmallows. Yeah. I don't, feel, I don't feel as strongly about it as you both do, but I, just like, but I can see... I can see where. <laughs> well, hey, we're continuing our series, Confronting Compromise. Um, I liked how you talked about tonight. You were talking about peer pressure. And you're talking about not, not compromising on your beliefs, compromising on who you are. I, it convicted me because I immediately started to flash back to, like, my middle school and high school where I succumbed to peer pressure. Yeah. And, you know, people didn't care. Maybe they were just like, hey, let's peer pressure this kid into, like, you know, bullying other kids. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, like, you know, I'm insecure. Like, I don't know, you know, really my identity. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do this to impress right. people. Right. And looking back on it now, I'm like, it's like you get so caught up in, like, things that are temporary. Right. And like it's, trying to impress people. And it's weird. You know, like I was mentioning, the, the expectation of compromise is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. It's like when you're not a Christian. Yeah. And you're like going wild living your own way, doing whatever you want to do, and then you say yes to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You make that decision, yeah. and then you're like, no, I'm going to start honoring God. But then the expectation um, is there for you to keep doing what you were doing. Yeah. And it takes other people, It they need to catch up on the way that you now see yourself, and they're still seeing you how you used to be. But God has been doing something in your life. Yeah, yeah. And that expectation that you're going to go out and party and do your own thing, that's not there anymore. Yeah. And so that, that external expectation uh, can come from your friends. Yeah. But what I was saying tonight is that it can also come uh, from your family. Yeah. In, in, in a way, if you're not coming from a Christian family, you know, like we were talking about Josiah tonight, and Josiah his his dad and his grandfather were like wicked, detestable, awful kings. Like yeah. they were awful rulers. It comes out of Second uh, Kings twenty two, and so there was an expectation that he was going to be a certain way, but God was calling him to something different. And so maybe that's you and your family that like in your family you're saying, "Hey, I'm actually a person of." Like I was talking to April prior to this and. April doesn't come from a Christian family, mm -hmm. and their values and worldview, hers was being shaped a little bit differently, and that's to say you honor your family. Yeah. You honor your parents. Yeah. Like, I, I could just talk about one thing tonight, yeah. which we're not. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but honoring your parents mm -hmm. has never been cool. Yeah. <laughs> In no generation... I think on the history yeah. of planet Earth 
has been being respectful and honoring your parents been like, yo, that's sick. Yeah. Like never, right? Never. That's not like a thing. Doing your chores, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I mean, basically every movie, television, anything on Netflix is with your parents, an eye roll, yeah. uh, you know, oh, fine, yeah. oh, fine. But, like, honoring, being respectful. Like, children are singled out with the commandment yeah. with one thing, mm-hmm. honoring your parents. Yeah. And that means being respectful. That means listening to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. That means, like, if you live in their house under their roof, if they ask you to do something, um, you do it. That you, uh, when they when they tell you something, that you're actually processing and listening. It's about not only the the words you use, but how you um, your body language, like. Honoring them yeah. with actually a position of the heart because yeah. God has put you in that family and God has called you to honor your parents. And yeah. so no matter whether they're a Christian or not, God is calling you to be respectful and honor. And I'm telling you, like I said, I don't think any students listening to this and being, they're either thinking two things. One, you don't know my parents. Yeah. Right? You don't know like what my house is like, what my parents asked me to do, all of those things. And two, like, uh, I don't like my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, like, m- maybe you don't yeah. get along with your parents. Maybe you come from a, a different background. You you have a mixed family. I don't yeah. know. But what what is true is, one, God knows you. Two, the word of God is not changing. There's not something in the back that says, you know, except for yeah. Nick Benet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's not in there. Exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I really think that is a massive thing. Um, no matter what the expectation is in yeah. your family, that you're going to uh, live by the word of God. You're going to build the church. Yeah. Those are really kind of the main two takeaways I want p- uh, students to get. And to know, you know, when I say like build the church, I mean that students can have impact yeah. in the church. Yeah. Like when we talked about uh, Ratchet, Meshach, and Abednego last week, they were teenagers. Yeah. Almost all scholars, commentators are like, they were teenagers. Mm. Uh, Timothy, young Timothy. Timothy was probably a little bit older, but still young in the faith. Um, within the context of that church demographic, he was young. Yeah. And so, but he still did great things for God. Still was one of the greatest pastors. I mean, he, he pastored what? Uh, Ephesus, right? And mm. so the, the the church of the New Testament that like revival was breaking out. I mean, when he, when, when Paul's writing to him, he's like, hey, uh, you know, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Yeah. That's him stepping into to like a massive leadership role with thousands of people, revival breaking out. Yeah. And so I really believe that like young people aren't just the future of the church. Mm-hmm. Like they're the church now. Yeah. And yeah. like they can impact and build and serve yeah, and so make uh, like such an impact within the body of Christ. Yeah. And so it excites me when young people, students, yeah. you know, I love Jesus. They're serving church. They're honoring God. They're mm-hmm. honoring their parents. Yeah. It's exciting. I love that. I I even was just thinking, too, as you were talking about that, you, when you gave your life to Jesus, it was a pretty radical turnaround. I've heard you talk about your testimony. When when you gave your life to Christ, did you find yourself at times you were like, okay, like, I'm a Christian now. I love Jesus. I'm serving God. But did you still struggle with the whole, like, honoring your parents thing, or was it just kind of like a a flip of the switch? Well, Brooke brought it up. Yeah, she was like wanted to remind me that before I was a Christian, Uh-oh. I threw a, a, a house party. Well, I wasn't invited. 
No, Wait, of was, course not. Was, th- was this when your <laughs> when your parents were down at the conference, right? Yes. So it's funny how in the tapestry of my testimony, yeah. how God used that to bring me to where I, I would eventually make that decision to say Thank yes God to for Jesus. That <laughs> <laughs> hey, God, who's in? I, I, I don't have a house party. <laughs> we need a disclaimer at the bottom yeah. of this that says we're not condoning don't, house parties. Don't have a house party. <laughs> no, that's a great question. It, it's funny because when I say honor, yeah. I think I always had had a good relationship with my parents. Yeah. My parents are the, the, are the, the best. best. I love them. I love them dearly. Bob and Janet, we love you. Yes. And... They're, yeah, they're incredible, but I always had a good relationship with them, and I always had a level of respect and honor to their face. Yeah. But I just lied all the time. Yeah. You know, like, and I did whatever I wanted. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey, what are you doing? And, you know, it's like cheeky. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, are you going out and partying? And be like, mom, would I go out and party? We're going to the library <laughs> to study. No, but see, I wouldn't outwardly lie. Yeah. I would just be super deceiving. Yeah. Right? And so that's not honoring. You know, <laughs> you flip it back on them. Do you think I'm going out to party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's one of those things where uh, honoring is a position of the heart. Yeah. Like all things in Christianity is not just like, hey, let me just you know, put on, put it on and act like really nice to their face. It's like understanding who God is. Yeah. Understanding like in the, in that he's put you there and it, it's, it's a role and a function that it's you honoring God when you're honoring your parents. Yeah. And so it's not just a, a surface level thing. It's something that is actually a position of the heart. And so, uh, it, you know, my parents, like I said, they were faithful people of God. And I, when I got saved radically, yeah. radically, it was like n- never partied, like a done, yeah. you know, just a, a clean break. Every, you know, like I wanted people to know that I was a follower of Christ. And so, you know, them being people of God, I, I was more just hungry for questions, hungry for the word of God. Yeah. You know, my dad was really like my first Bible teacher. And so, you know, like like we were th- laughing about last week, it's like you're not going out on the weekends anymore. Yeah. You're like staying home. And it's like, oh, my, you know, they like became kind of like always my parents, but yeah. wait, like my friends, you know, yeah. like, oh, what so lame. Into gay? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we're going out. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Can I come? <laughs> Carolina Blue. <laughs> I have no friends. <laughs> But it was, yeah. It, we laugh about it now, but I'm sure there are students listening right now who are like in that. Yeah. Because there were moments where I had where I got super insecure where I'm like, I feel like I don't have any friends anymore. Yeah. You know? And that's like difficult. But knowing your identity in Christ is yeah. such a massive thing when those moments come where you stop getting invited out because you're not partying, you're not living a certain way, and it kind of stings mm-hmm. a little bit. But you're like, it's worth it. Like, yeah. it's 100% worth yeah. it. Like, I'm following Jesus, and this is what I want. Yeah. This is the life that is truly life, and so that's okay. What a life. What a life. What would, what would you say to students who are maybe listening to this, and they're trying to honor their parents, but maybe, like, do you still honor your parents when your parents are wrong or when sin is involved, like what, yeah. what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Now that's a great question. I always try to, incur- like, even with Christian parents, they'll be like, 
ah, oh, they're in trouble. They're not coming to youth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, youth is fun, but, like, that's not the main purpose. The yeah. main thing about youth, and youth is amazing and it's so fun, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is Jesus yeah. and pointing people to Jesus and teaching, like, obedience to Scripture. So, Nick, to answer your question, um, if your parents are deliberately leading you to sin, mm-hmm. you first and foremost honor God. Yeah. And so that's a difficult conversation, but I still believe that there can be honor and disagreement. Yeah. Which is completely lost in society and culture today. Thank you, social media, and just the state of our culture and climate right now. But there can be honor and disagreement. Yeah. One of the things I think is massive, and this is just kind of a, a, a sidebar here. I don't even know if it's with parents necessarily, but which is massive is that if there's a bad idea, mm-hmm. There are tons of bad ideas out there right now. You can attack an idea and not the person. Yeah. Which I think is just completely lost. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always, that's a bad idea. Let me tell you, you know, what an idiot you are and everything that you've done wrong, why you're such a hypocrite, and you you just are, the idea is now the person. You need to be able to tease apart. Yeah, distinguish the two. And I think that's how you can honor in a way that is like, hey, I still love you. Mm-hmm. You're still a great person. You're still brilliant. Yeah. And we can have a disagreement here. I love you as a child and a person created in the yeah. image of God. Maybe they're not a Christian. They're still created in the image of God with, you know, worth and value. And so I can disagree with your ideas but still love you as a person. Yeah. And so I think that can also be reflective within your relationship with your parents. Um, I wanted to talk about um, compromise in, in a good way. Yeah. But I don't know if we're going to have time, dude. Uh-oh. Yeah, maybe we should say that next week. I wanted to talk about compromise in that, uh, you know, when we're talking about people of conviction. Yeah. You know, you see uh, Barnabas and Paul and John Mark. You guys know this. Mm-hmm. Um, missionary journey. Yep. They go on a missionary journey, and... Paul is out there with John Mark. Yeah. John Mark is like, Beast. he leaves. And Paul's like, are you kidding me? And so they go back, and then they're getting ready to go on another missionary journey. Yeah. And uh, Barnabas is like, John Mark's coming. And Paul's like, absolutely not. Yeah. And they have, like, they're split. Like, it is a proper split. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, spindrift. Um, <laughs> Part two. One of these days I'll learn. Um, <laughs> and so they had their split. And I think it's reflective. Eventually, there is reconciliation that you see within uh, within Timothy and First Corinthians of just respecting each other. But I, I just found it interesting that there was very little, like there wasn't a compromise there, and it wasn't a doctrinal issue or a sin issue. So okay. I actually I want to give them my mind because I want them to talk about this because I think it's unique in within a relationship of it's like being a person of conviction. And that doesn't mean that you just get to be selfish. So, like, going back to, to John Mark and Barnabas and Paul, you know, who's right there? What can we learn from this narrative within Scripture? And I think one of the things that I see of it is that it wasn't a doctrinal issue. It wasn't a sin issue. It was more of a preference issue mm. of what to do with John Mark because Paul obviously had this gripe with him of why he left, and we don't really know why he left. But could there have been compromise within this issue outside of doctrine sin. And it was making me kind of think of like, oh, well, I'm a person of conviction. That doesn't make, doesn't mean you get to be selfish. Yeah. 
Right. Right. And so if you're going to like this, this, the movies, and you're like, well, I want to go see Batman. And Nick's like, well, I'm going to see Uncharted. And I was like, well, I'm a person of conviction. I want to see Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, wait, you can like compromise, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I think the idea of compromise, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go out to eat. We're like, well, I'm going to Chick fil A. And your friend's like, well, I want to go to McDonald's. And I want to go to Mecca's. 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 And so <laughs> it's like, well, well, there should be compromise. Yeah, like yeah. There, there is in a way within relationships compromise. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Now, not sin? No. No compromise. Sin is sin. We, we stay right. away from that. We're people of conviction. Yeah. When it comes to doctrinal issues, what we believe in Scripture, we're not going to compromise on the belief of the Word of God. But within relationships, Brooke, I'm going I'm to throw it to you first. Throw it to me. Compromise within relationships. Nick's here. Nick's here. When do you compromise within your relationship? Oof. Well... <laughs> So many things come on. Uh, no. She actually told me upstairs, she said, I don't compromise. <laughs> I said, I don't. Actually, no, that's the opposite. I always compromise, but whatever. Um, I actually was watching a show, by the way, and this girl, it's a terrible show, and the girl's like, I don't believe that you should have to compromise in a relationship, so I don't, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, but exactly, that's my point. But yeah, you're like, you yeah. do it. Like, they always say when you get married, you realize how selfish you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of compromise. Um, my husband here loves a lot of things, but one of the things he loves is golf, and he loves sneakers, and he actually loves spending, which you wouldn't know because since he's been married to me, that's a big compromise. He's blowing up my spot (laughs) right now. He likes this, this. I'm very frugal. I like saving. I'm like, I'm that classic, like, we have food at home. Like, I'm that person. Like, why? (laughs) Exactly what? I was going to say, we have tons of food at home because I heard the grocery bill today. Okay, if anyway. anyone needs a good home cooked meal, this is okay. our house. This is not. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> this is not marriage counseling. One on one. I yeah. love it. No. Okay. So golf. Yeah. You know, he's like, "Hey, babe, um, so and so just asked me if I want to play round of golf," and then I'm like, yeah. "Well, I'm home with Beckham yeah. by myself. I don't really want you to go play golf because I'm gonna be bored by myself." And then you know, but that's something. Yeah. I did. Yeah, um, I played nine recently. Lucky. Yeah. Okay, I had new golf clubs come in, so uh, probably right. anyway, I had to but test them. That out. would be an example of something where I had to compromise because I'm like, all right, you can go golf, but yeah. he, what would you say you compromise? Well, I would say that in regards to like uh, when we both want something of the opposite, like for instance, use the movies as an example. I think personally, probably would see my movie. <laughs> yeah, we we would. <laughs> nine times out of ten, we're going to see Brooks' movie, <laughs> um, or even like you know if we're going somewhere to eat, I'll typically. Brooke will ask me, like, hey, where do you want to go eat? And I'm like, ah, look, it's up to you. Like, I don't really care. And I, I think that the kind of the bigger picture behind it, you know that, you know it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the bigger picture behind it is, like, I never, like, let the situation mean more than the relationship. Hmm. So, like, I'm never going to, like, I'm never going to, you know, fight for, like, a movie. i like, no, we're going to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or whatever. I'm whatever it be. I mean, we don't really go to the movies that much, but, like, we just saw the Batman and I mean, it was great, but I mean, it's just is if I'm getting to spend time with her, eh, yeah, it wasn't great. Aww, it was, it was it okay. Was all right. It was I, all right. I, I enjoyed it. Not great, not bad. In the Good, middle. not great. No, but yeah, it's just like if I'm getting to spend time with her, like, like she said, when you get married, you kind of realize how selfish you are hmm. because you've only ever been like worried about you, and now you're like, oh wow, it's me and this other person. And then I think, you know, like when you have kids, you learn how to be unselfish even more. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I mean, but you always find a way to compromise. Because even if it's something like that, like it was like a movie, and if I was like, all right, we can go see your movie, but I'm going to get a massage. <laughs> like, there's always yeah. a way to compromise. Yeah, there's always, there's always a good way to compromise. But like you said tonight, like if you love something, yeah. you'll sacrifice for it. Um, so because I love Brooke, like, okay, I'll sacrifice going to see a movie that I'll probably watch on, you know, Hulu in a month anyway. Yeah, and I think that's just, it's just in relationships in general, like with, even with your friends, Mm. um, that is a massive way for you to display the love of Jesus, of being like, well, I don't really want to do this, but it's not about me. Yeah. I value the relationship. I value my friends. I want them to see the love of God. And so um, there is compromise in my preference yeah. on things that I'm just doing for enjoyment or exactly. for fun. So I, I think it is important. I just wanted to sprinkle that in there when we're yeah. talking about confronting compromise. And uh, what's that guy's name? Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Uh, that's mess. We got to get to the, the Q&A, though. The Q&A. Q&A. Check, check. All right, so. <laughs> students Q&A. Hey, make sure you guys are sending your questions in. We're going to have the number listed down here below. We say it every week. Make sure you send your questions in. Maybe we'll answer them. Maybe we won't. You never know if you don't send them in. First question for you, Pastor Brian. God is unchanging, but why is there a big difference between the Old and New Testament? That is a great question. Great question. I love that question. Yeah. Um, let me say this first before we go anywhere. God is the same mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, and the New Testament. Yeah. That is a massive thing. We believe in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Our Bible is from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. And to discard or unhitch or anything like that to speak of the new, the Old Testament, I think is wrong. We should value the Old Testament. One of the major things that you're going to see that is maybe different we know that God is a covenantal God. Yeah. God has different covenants with uh, his people throughout Scripture, the Mosaic Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, the uh, Edemic Covenant, the Edenic Covenant. I kind of just jumped around all there. The New Covenant. Mm-hmm. And so God uh, deals with uh, his people differently within yeah. those covenants. Now, the major difference that we're going to see from New Covenant to Old Covenant is obviously Jesus. Yeah. So we have Jesus. And so... Obviously, in the, in the Old Testament, you have these sin offerings and purification offerings yeah. and sacrifices and altars. Obviously, Jesus Christ was that sacrifice for us. And yeah. so, but what, what you have there really is um, there's the problem of sin. Mm-hmm. Sin deserves punishment. Yep. And so, in the Old Testament, you have sin. We don't talk about it a, a lot, but it's, it's youth after dark. So this is what we're doing This is where we do a deep dive. This is where we're doing a deep dive. And so the idea, though, of the wrath of God, Mm -hmm. we don't talk about it a lot. Yeah. But it's mentioned about 600 times in Scripture. Yeah. So when you read the Old Testament and you're reading it and you're like, hmm, this seems weird. This seems scary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) What is going on? I don't know what was that. (laughs) But that was not me. (laughs) If you know, you know. And so um, I don't know. What is it? It's like this old video. Let me say real quick. It's this video of this little girl in the closet. And she's like doing it. And she's like, what, like eight? And then she lets one rip. No. And then she goes, 
I don't know what was that, <laughs> but it, it wasn't me. <laughs> Guys, I'm scared. I, I think that was a ghost. It's really funny. You got to watch Look Up on YouTube. Got it. I know it doesn't sound funny, but it's really funny. Oh, got it. Okay. We'll look it up. So <laughs> where was I? Um, so you have the wrath of God in the Old Testament. And if you read your Bible, I think you're going to come across that. Yeah. Like, let's not pretend that it doesn't exist. Like, you're going to read um, Ezekiel. Yeah. You're going to read uh, even Exodus. Like, you're going to read these books, Isaiah. You're going to read these books that have... You're going to have this thought maybe of, man, this seems different than the New Testament. Yeah. And so you have that idea of God hates sin. Yeah. He hates it. And it breaks his heart for, you know, I always say that, it, you know, if someone came up to my child and hurt them in any way, I would be angry. Yeah. Angry. And yes. so I think we need to have that. Uh, perception of of God in a way, or that perspective of God in a way, because it, you know even that idea that God gets angry is hard for people to, yeah. to 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 grapple with, right? But when you think of it in terms of God's love, I think if you love something, then then oftentimes anger can accompany that yeah. because you love them. Um, so the that difference there, and I just want to tease this out and that will be the kind of the only thread that we take here is that God, it, it seems different because God poured his wrath out on Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And so there is no more wrath for believers, for Christians. The altar is closed. Mm -hmm. There's no more need for burnt offerings, purification offerings. The sacrificial system is done. Yeah. The curtain was torn. And so what you have now in the new Testament is God's grace, yeah. his love, his forgiveness pointing to the cross. Mm -hmm. And so we often, you know, during Easter time, we're talking about the cross. The cross was very much a symbol of, you know, pain and yeah. suffering and crucifixion. And so, but we, we you know, we're 2,000 years out from that. And yeah. so that's not the way that we kind of view it. But to be reminded that that actually is a symbol of death. Yeah. Now we look at as believers as a symbol of life. Yeah. Because that's where the punishment was poured out on Christ. I yeah. hope that, that that's, so that's making sense there, yeah. but I think that's a, a tension that a lot of Christians, believers will have when they read the Old Testament and then they're reading Luke and they're like, wait a second. <laughs> that, Is this the same book? <laughs> <laughs> but Hebrews, I think is probably the best book mm -hmm. in taking into account of the Old Testament, uh, the priestly system and the, the Synopsis of Hebrews, yeah. Jesus is better. So when you're looking at the Old Testament, yeah. you're going, hey, Jesus is better than that priestly system. That yep. Jesus is better than, you know, Melchizedek, all those things. And so I think Paul, Paul, I outed myself. I think Paul wrote Hebrews. But <laughs> that's debatable. We don't know who it wrote yeah. Hebrews. I know. They're like, nerd. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Go to question two. Ronaldo or Messi? And I heard you don't even know who these are. I don't are. know who those are. Who is that? They're people? soccer players. We're supposed to be sharing. <laughs> I know, but I just have They're soccer players. You don't know who Ronaldo or Messi is? I know that they're soccer players. Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't know, Lionel Messi. I don't know anything about them. I okay. know that they're soccer players. I'm going to go Ronaldo because he's better looking. Okay. Mm. Well, Ronaldo was my choice, but now I'm thinking Messi. Oh. Yeah, you know who I pick? Over them, mm. David Beckham. 
David Beckham, shout out. That is why Beckham is named Beckham. That is incredible. Big Wait, so who, who, who do these people play for? Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Manchester United, uh, English Premier League. Uh, Lionel Messi plays for Paris Saint-Germain. Petit. 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 I'm cultured. <laughs> um, and in the French League. In the French League. Series okay. A, I think it is. Um, personally, I would say Ronaldo. I don't care about soccer. At all. So you got your answer right there. All right, question three. We're going to jump right into it. Why does God allow suffering and temptation to happen? Yeah, that's massive. Uh, My short answer, which is kind of the standard, I think, answer, is that God has given us free will. And that is a massive thing. And so God is not just, uh, you know, God is, it's the tension of God, you know, is sovereign, but he's also given us free will and choice and decision. And so, uh, you know, people are sinful people and they make mistakes. And I also think it's important to realize that God has called us to live lives of faith. God has called us to trust him. And so oftentimes, you know, questions like this, why is there pain and suffering? Mm. Why are there these issues in the world? And it's like, well, you know, could God give us all the answers? God can do whatever he wants. But what scripture says is that we're called to live lives of faith. Right. Trust in him. And so oftentimes faith and trust come in when we don't know. Mm. You know, when we're having these questions of, hey, what is going on? Why are these things happening? And so, I'm sorry, I'm just checking out. I'm the, like, what's going on? The chair here? situation. Look at Jay. He's got what's bunny up, Jay? ears on? No. You gotta come say this hi. Is the come, third come say hi time. to the podcast. No, here. this is the third time Jaquay has been mentioned in this podcast. I know he's he's Jaquay literally said I should be mentioned in the podcast every week. No. No, he said I should be mentioned every week because that's how you're gonna get views. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I need a quote because I ain't say that. Yes, you did. I'm not gonna lie on camera. I did say that. I did say that. But that's not true. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Hopefully the podcast is going well, mate. And uh just thank you. Just really Why? Is there a question we have? Yeah, is rate there... Justin Bieber on a scale of one to ten. ten. <laughs> In what though? Music ten. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, pause. It doesn't matter. It's a ten, no matter what. Great job, Jay. We love you. Proud of you. Um, Hopefully that that helps. In um, humanity is fallen, sinful, rebellious, and uh, we need Jesus to come back. And when Jesus comes back, He will redeem all of humanity. There will be no more. Pain, suffering, or sin. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, hey, youth, that's going to do it for us. Episode three, Youth After Dark. Don't forget, next week we have Pretzel Day at Youth. These pretzels are making me thirsty. There it is. Seinfeld reference. Well done. Love that. I didn't watch Seinfeld, so I didn't get it. Uh, (laughs) We're going to be continuing series, Confronting, Compromise. Make sure that you're here this week we have Good Friday services and we have Easter Sunday coming you up. You gotta register. You have to register. We don't have to register, but you should. You register. should register. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't have said that, but get to church. Every, people. Everyone's gonna come back. Come Pastor on. Brian told me I didn't have to register. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but come as you are. Come as you are. We come love that. Come as you are. Come as you are. I don't like sharing the mic. I need my own because I like talking. <laughs> I know. Brooks up there. Like, Give me the mic. <laughs> I love these two very much, and I love you. (laughs) Well, youth, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us, Youth After Dark. We'll see you back here next week, next Wednesday for youth, next Thursday morning for Youth After Dark, episode four. We love love you. Be blessed.
Hey church, True North Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at seven o'clock. It's from seven to 8.30. And we really wanna cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a, a good week at school or a bad week at school, where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into youth on a Wednesday night, they're gonna leave change, empowered and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at youth seven o'clock right here at our Mullica Hill campus. We would love to see them out.